so fun. Are those the biggest beach balls you've ever seen in your life? Come on, White, hook me up, dog. Oh, I'm not, oh, I can't get it on. Hey, you guys can all have a seat, and we're so excited for you. So excited. If you want, you can roll those bad boys out of the way. Hey, fired up for the day. I mean, what a great, great morning. Hey, let's do what we always do. Let's welcome everybody who's watching in online right now. Come on, this is good. This is so good. If I've never met you, my name is Tony, and I am just absolutely fired up. I mean, we have got an incredible month planned here at City Point, really, for, for the entire month of June. We're doing five weeks of just partying, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. But some of you are new, and you're going, did I show up to church, or did I show up to Cool in the Gang? You know, I'm not really sure, like, what am I doing here? This is a little different than I've expected, and uh, to be quite honest, uh, we really think Anything that God does in our lives is worthy of being celebrated. I mean, anybody who's taking steps forward uh, really to find healing, freedom, joy, and purpose in their life is a big deal. And again, I'll hit on that in a little bit. But uh, really, if you're new, I need to let you know the same thing that Ryan already mentioned uh, when he was doing the host spot is it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you, you are welcome right here. And uh, we mean that. That's really how we built the entire church is being a church uh, that, that we like to say it's a, it's a no-matter church. You can just come. we got wide open doors for you to come and experience God at whatever pace you want, and uh, we're just going to do our best to point you towards Jesus. And uh, we think as we do that, God will continue to do incredible things in our lives. I want to tell you a little bit about this party people stuff, because again, it might be a little different for you. Uh, maybe you grew up in a church, and you're like, the last thing I saw in my church sanctuary, you know, in my church theater was you know, ridiculous sized beach balls flying around. Well, the truth is, uh, one of the things that God's been working on my heart, uh, really for the last year and a half, has been to not just push the pedal down uh, and accelerate and rev the RPMs all the time, but to remember that celebrating is a big deal too. Uh, it's a lesson, really, I think all of us need to learn, and you don't need to learn it from me, because uh, really I, I need a lot of work in this area in my life. But the truth is, for all of us, we need to know that there are seasons where we drive hard, but there needs to be seasons in our lives where we party hard. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the seasons that we're trying to usher in together. It really was all spurred uh, on a missions trip that I went on down to Nicaragua in early 2018. I actually got to take a trip down, was invited by a couple pastor friends of mine, and, uh, and I spent the week doing some incredible things. Actually, we're coming up on another missions trip. At the end of July, me and my wife and a handful of other of you are going to be going down to Nicaragua and uh, really just having an incredible time, you know, loving on the rural communities of, uh, around Chinadega. And uh, really just it's going to be an incredible time providing fresh water for the first time for homes, uh, really being a light into these, to these hurting places. And uh, this is going to be so fun. But I remember taking my trip down there, meeting a couple of these guys. And uh, as I was down there, I learned a couple of things about their churches, uh, that some of the churches that I was now surrounded by were leaders of churches that had a, had a couple thousand people in their churches. Uh, one church was 10 years old and had 1,300 people showing up on a Sunday morning to their church. And, and I remember kind of wanting to get paired up with a handful of these guys so I could learn. And I'm just hungry for learning more about church, about leadership, and about moving uh, us and really maximizing our potential. And, and I was lucky enough to, you know, have my crew be some of these leaders. One of the guys' name was Jeff Capusta, and he's a pastor in Wilmington, North Carolina, a church called LifePoint Church. Right now it averages around 13 to 1,500 people on a weekend. And I just remember uh, really being blown away all week long 
by the leadership that he was pouring into me. And there was a couple takeaways from the trip. One was really God, God gave me a heart for world, you know, a third world countries, helping people out. I, I actually got to experience eating a fish, kind of like this. Come with me to the screen. This is one of the fish that I, that I ate at a home that we were working on. Uh, if you can see this, I don't know if you can see this in the screen, but the eyeballs are still in it, okay? And like, they just say, eat it all. It's rude not to eat it all. And so I just, you know, I did it, and I'm kind of a wimpy stomach type of guy, and I ended up spilling my guts back out all night long, if you know what I'm saying. But that was, that was one of the takeaways that I had. It was just an incredible environment. But another one was early on in the week for me. I remember being with, uh, with, uh, with our team and talking with this, this pastor going, hey, you're 10 years in, and your church is already here. You know, you're in a big city in North Carolina um, what does it take? You know, I, I told him a little bit about our context, and I said, yeah, we're, we're in a smaller town in Iowa. This is what, you know, God's been doing around here, and, and I was just hungry to learn. I said, what are the next three hires? This is a little question that I asked him. What are the next three hires that you think that I should be thinking about? You know, kind of a leadership question, and we kind of talked about that a little bit, and uh, he shared some, you know, insight into that, and then I said, you know, are there any strategies and structures that I need to be, you know, per, you know, anticipating, you know, building in the months to come. And, and, then, and then he just kind of sensed something in me, that there was kind of this pedal down, you know, uh, just wanting again more and more and more. And, uh, and he just said, hey, hold on. And I don't know if he hadn't been listening to me the whole time, but he said, can you tell me again, you know, about your church? And so I told him, you know, at this time we were right around 500. We kind of would peak right here and kind of hit this 500 mark on a Sunday morning. And and I told him about the baptisms and really what the serving culture that we had around here. And I'll never forget what he said next. He said, how old is your church? I said, well, we're like two and a half years old. And he said, and your, the size of your town is what? And I said, 7,000. And he, he went on to say, I don't want to talk to you about growing your church another second for the rest of this trip. And then I wrote this down in my journal so I'd never forget it. Then he goes on to tell me this. His name is Jeff Kapuski. He says, go home. You want to know what you're going to do? He says, you're going to go home and you're going to throw a month-long party for your people. And that's all we're going to talk about for the rest of the trip is how you're going to throw a party that celebrates the people of City Point, what God's doing in and through our lives. And he says, because what I'm hearing from you is that you're living in a miracle movement what God's doing in and through your community, in your church, in your region of Iowa. And so you better figure out how to party if you want to continue to see this happen. And so I just remember thinking, well, I already have June planned last year. I was like, I'm not throwing these people a party in June. And then I just got, this is crazy. Then the whole last year, some of you guys know this, maybe some of you don't, that I have a weekly one-on-one -on -one check-in meeting accountability with my bosses, we call them elders at City Point. One's in Ottumwa, the other one, his name is Cy. He's in Hayward in Iowa. And what happened right after this conversation, they didn't know that this was going on. They started to peek into my life going, hey, Tone, why do you have a hard time letting off the gas pedal so much? You know, what's, what's it about you that just always wants to rev up the engine? And I started being told almost weekly, what are you celebrating in your office? What are you celebrating as a church? And I'm going, well, I'm trying to. And, and it kind of got to a spot where my bosses said, well, figure it out. You know, f I don't want to talk anymore. Figure this out. And so today is an accumulation. It's really the last year and a half of my life has been kind of leading up into this spot of going, you know what? The truth is what God's done here is unbelievable. And I wanted to thank you. I wanted our staff to put together a month-long party for our church. 
and just go, way to go for what's going on. And really what I want to do is share with you some stats so that you get to see the inside picture of really church world and what's normal for church plants. We're a church plant. We started, and, and you're, you're going to get a taste. You're going to go, oh, geez, maybe we do need to celebrate. Tony, why haven't you celebrated earlier? You might even have that thought, and guilty as charged on this. But here, before I give you a stat, before I tell you about that, I want to let you know that I'm going to share with you some numbers, but behind the numbers, there is something very important. I've said this before on this stage, but every number has a name. And so don't get confused by a number that I share on the screen. Yes, we count the numbers, but we know this, that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story desperately matters to the heart of God. We believe this. this is, so this is what I'm, I'm going to share some numbers about this. And again, one other disclaimer before I share with you some fun stats of really what's going on is the verse that we started City Point on is this important verse. Now all glory is to God. This is not a puff City Point up. It's definitely not a puff me up. This is really a celebrate what God's doing around here. To be quite honest, it's celebrating you. I mean, any of us who live out the core values of this church, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. But all glory goes to God who is able through his mighty power at work within me and you. What can he do? Well, he can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask, pray for, think, dream up, or imagine. I'm telling you, God wants to do great things in and through us. And it's incredible. So I want to show with you what's, what's, what's going on in our church. I want to start with this simple little stat. Uh, what's the average church size in America? Right now, what's the average church size across the board? And here's the average church size for some of you geeky you know, number people. You want to write this down if you don't, who cares? But the average church size in America right now is 75 people. I mean, that's, that's average. That's normal. Maybe some of you who grew up going to church are going, man, uh, uh, 75 people. That would have blown our church out of the water. I mean, maybe you grew up going to church of 30 people, 15. That's normal, too. Others of you, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's interesting to know. That's across the board. I want to let you know, last weekend alone at City Point Church, Memorial Day weekend, we didn't have 75 people show up. We had 746 people show up. I know, it's just... And I'm glad you celebrated. And you know, again, this is like, I just I kind of dance this line of not knowing how to celebrate because it feels weird to me. All glorious gods, right? We're just going, God, holy cow. And we're going to celebrate you for inviting your friends because 746 people just don't show up out of nowhere. It's a big deal. Getting you guys investing in people's lives is a big deal. To normal 75, to experience this in a town our size, I'm telling you, it's earth shattering. I want to share with you a couple other stats uh, with, in regards to church plants. What happens in the course of a normal church plant over four years, the first four years of a typical church plant, this is just normal across the board. This is average stuff. Year one, an average church plant will see 42 people attend their church on Sunday mornings. Pretty good. I mean, they're already, you know, over halfway to the average of most churches, you know, in America. Year two, then it bumps up to 57 some growth, you know, a handful of people show up, they invite their friends, the church starts moving in the right direction. Year three, you know, explosive growth happens, and they go to 73 people. This is average. This is across, you know, the nation. What are the, what are the average years uh, of, of people attending church? And then year four, by year four, usually what happens is you have an average attendance of 84 people showing up. And that's a big deal. They break the, they're over the average of, you know, churches in America, this is a giant success story for a church like this, and, and they need to be celebrated, and they do. All glories, and again, it's God's, it's not us. But I want to give you a peek 
into what's been going on in our corner of Iowa. Because I'm telling you, when you, it is one of those moments where I'm going, I, I, I couldn't have planned this. This is way beyond me. This is, this is kudos. This is why we're partying, because a church like you and everybody watching online who bought into this too, saying, you know, we've got to create a place that no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you, you're welcome to come and look for God. We're not going to beat it down your throat. We're going to do our best to show Jesus to you in a real, relevant, you know, applicable way and really help people take steps closer to God at their own pace. This is, this is our heartbeat. This is my heartbeat. And what God has chosen to do in and through our collective faith is Again, it's unheard of. This is why I was scolded in Nicaragua, by the way. Not only was it hot, I was scolded in Nicaragua. Our first few months, 2015, we started in September of 2015. Our first few months from September to, to, to the end of December, our average attendance right out of the chute was 247. That's over. That's 200 more people than what's normal. And we're in our small. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's incredible. And I hope you're not weirded out by this. Again, I, I just, it's been a year debating whether or not I'd, I'd, I'd go into the weeds of this stuff. But I just feel like you need, year two, they're speeding me up. They're like, get on with it, dude. <laughs> Slow down, you know. In 2016, our church experienced a giant jump. I mean, this is not normal stuff. We went from one service right away. We started out in the, it was a sweat box, by the way. It was a junior high gym here at the high school. Some of you watching online, you're lucky to be at home. You know, it's like, but we were in a sweat box dying in there. We go to two services to, to you know, to handle all the kids going, you know, coming, and we just exploded. I mean, this to me, I was like, I just, I didn't know what to do. I mean, this is crazy. 391 people was our average for the entire year. Then in 2017, we thought, oh, this is probably going to peter off a little bit. You know, of course, like this is just nuts. 2017 happens, and we shoot to 498 people, and I'm going... <laughs> What in the world? I mean, this is just crazy stuff. And we're just wondering in our office, we're, we're starting to have these questions. Do we need to restructure? Do we, this, I mean, this has been a, a leadership, you know, I don't know, a marathon, just trying to keep pace with how do we make sure people get loved? And I know for some of you, you're going, I, I, I'm, I get missed. And I go, I'm so sorry. It's not our, I mean, we're, we're babies. We're learning how to wipe ourselves. You know, we're like barely existed by this point. I'm glad you laughed, you know. <laughs> if Carrie was in here, she'd kill me. You know, this is my wife. But I'm telling you, we're trying to figure this out, and we're just doing our best, and we're, we're working hard on this. In 2018, we didn't peter off. We actually grew more. 559 people is just nuts. And then just, just hold that a little bit, because I'm going to ask you to lose your mind. The last two months alone, the last two months, has been unbelievable here. The last two months of City Point in 2019, our average has been 615 people. <laughs> And I'm just, I don't know what to do with that. I mean, it's just, it's not normal. It's just so abnormal what's going on here. And I'm just telling you, we are on the front end of God writing an incredible story. This is one of the reasons why every time uh, I get a report every week from Sam. Sam is our number guy. Just, he's just incredible. If you see Sam shield around, all, really any of the staff, they work, they just, they just do such a great job. But Sam gives me a, an outline report of everything that goes on during the weekend. And there's just times where I receive, you know, some of this stuff. Sometimes I don't want to know the attendance because I just go, I don't want it to mess with my brain. But lately, the last couple months, gang, I'm telling you, I'm just in this spot of going, God, what are you doing? 
And every time I start to pray and ask God, you know, with the responsibility of really what's happening here on a consistent basis, I feel like our church will very soon feel the weight and the responsibility of other small communities around us. You've heard me talk about this before in Williamsburg. Maybe you've heard me talk about Sigourney or, you know, Kyoto. We don't know the when, but gang, I'm telling you, the way God's working in and through our church is going to soon beg us to make sure that we go and care for other small communities all across our corner of Iowa. And uh, we just got to position ourselves, be ready for it. And again, it's not for our sakes. It's not to get our name bigger. I'm telling you, God right now is choosing to do some incredible things in and through us, and we're just, we're just thrilled about it. I want to tell you about life change, okay? Life change, we call this around here baptisms. When somebody takes a step of faith over the faith line, we, we like to tell them that your next obedient step of faith is going public. You know, letting other people know that you've been changed on the inside. It's, it's baptism. We have a baptism service coming up at the end of June, and really I hope that if you've stepped over the faith line and you've never been baptized, for some of you, you're going, I was baptized, but it meant nothing to me. I'm, it's your time. It's your time. Not for number's sake. It's for a faith step faith sake. And so we're going to do that at the end of June. But here's what the average church sees when it comes to baptisms in church plants. Church plants have a little bit more than the, the, you know, the long-time existing churches because they're a little bit more aggressive, I think. But I'm telling you, the average church plant in their first year sees 10 people baptized, which is incredible. Year two, they see another 11 people. Year three, then it bumps up to 13. Year four, there's 14. It's a total of 48 people in four years. That's a big deal. Any church that baptizes 48 people in four years, that's a move of God. But I got to let you know, we're not four yet. We're three in like three quarters and so far, we've baptized 116 people, which you can celebrate. And it's a big deal. Now, I want to share with you, so it's not all numbers today. I want to share with you a thought that I wrote down in my journal this last week. Getting ready for this has been so fun. I mean, it's been a creative, you know, fun mix for us. But in my journal, I wrote this down that life change is always a reason to celebrate. Anytime there's life change, there's always a reason to celebrate. And for some of you, today ushers in a month long of us celebrating you. For some of you who just, as of the last three years, came to church, you know, finally got involved with pursuing Jesus in your life, I, I want to celebrate you. Because you need to know in heaven, that's what's happening. All throughout the pages of scripture, when somebody made a significant step of faith, heavens, you know, the heaven erupts in celebration. There's a party going on. And we just think we better start doing that here, you know, on earth, this side of heaven, too. I want to show you in the New Testament, in the Gospels, not just in the Old Testament, there was festivals and there was parties. I mean, it was crazy, so, so much partying going on. But in the New Testament, Jesus shares this entire chapter talking about how we need to celebrate when there's life change in somebody's life. At the end of Luke chapter 15, he actually concludes this chapter by saying this. He says, we had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead, and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. What Jesus was doing is he was sharing parables, stories. He was telling stories about a lost sheep, a lost coin that had been lost, and a lost son, a son who had wandered away from his family. He said, when the son had came back, we better celebrate, is what he's saying. And in that one verse, I mean, again, this last week, three giant things popped out to me. 
The first thing was this, that we had to celebrate. It was a biblical mandate. I mean, for those of us who grew up going to church, this is like God's going, don't forget this. I think it's one of the reasons why I believe that God's been stirring this in my life so significantly. Tone, do not forget to celebrate. You have to celebrate. The second thing I noticed right in this passage is that you celebrate when things that are dead come back to life. When things that are lost become found. It says your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He wasn't dead literally. He had, he had died on the inside. Some of us know what that feels like. Just have a part of you die. He was lost. He was wandering in life, but now he's found. And in the story, he's going, you have to throw a party when that stuff happens. But the third thing I noticed right in this text was this, that God is a God of the comeback and the but now. He always has. That we celebrate you know, big things happen in life, but we always celebrate comeback stories and but now. It's kind of just you know, jogged my memory. We always celebrate a comeback story in sports. We love seeing this happen. We love seeing it happen when, when, there's a, when there's a comeback, when we see somebody who's down and almost out, but they come back and they rise to new levels. They, they, they make a difference with their lives or the but now stories. I was a mess, but now God turned my mess into a masterpiece. Or my relationship that I was in was crumbling, but now with God in my life. There's a difference that God's making in and through me. And gang, I just want you to know that for some of you here today, God would want nothing more than to give you a comeback or a but now story. I mean, it's been the, it's been the case for so many people here at City Point. They've experienced a comeback story where they've either been lost around or a but now where they're finding hope and faith in what Jesus has done for their lives. But I want to share with you why that verse was even written. It was written because of this story of the, 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 the parable of the prodigal son, the lost son who had wandered away. And I just thought maybe for some of you, it might be helpful to know, what was it in him that was dying? What was in him that was lost and hurting? And in this story, a few verses earlier, it, it shares there was really four indicators of somebody who's lost. That when they become found, that you need to celebrate. The first thing that we noticed about this young boy is that he was greedy. I mean, there's, there had been this greed that had welled up in his life. The, the story begins with this. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want, sounds like a three-year-old, you know, I want my share of the estate before you die. One of the greediest statements you could ever make in the world. Imagine my daughter's coming. Hey, Dad, you're going to croak someday. But why not just pretend like you died now, you know, and give me some money now? This is, this is what's going on. This, and I, just, I just learned this. For those of us who know what it's like to be driven out of greed and to have our whole worlds consumed by us, it just shows that we're lost. Greed has a way of just revealing something about the inside of us that needs to to find life again. The second thing about this son was he wasn't just greedy, he was foolish. It says a few days later, and what had happened, the dad had given him his money. The few days later, the son packed all his belongings, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. It's foolish. I don't want to take a survey in the room, but I wonder how many of us know days of our lives spent like this have caused such pain and devastation in us. The foolishness of decisions made without Jesus driving our lives. 
are just painful. It causes a wake of destruction in a lot of areas in our lives. The, it wasn't just greed or foolishness that this boy had experienced. The, the third thing that happened is he started to starve. I'll explain this in a second, but about that time his money ran out. You know, all the money his dad had given him had ran out. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs, which is gross, you know, looked good to him. And I just, you know, I was writing this and I had a moment. I wonder how many people come into this room watching online and there's something within you that just feels like it's starving for more. It's, it's an indicator. It's an indicator that there's a lostness and you're looking for more. You're going, is there something more than just what I'm experiencing now? I think when you understand this about yourself, it's a good thing. It's a great, it's a great understanding because you go, oh, I think I need to pursue something life-giving, something that can fill me up on the inside and fill me up as I go. And yet that was just the third one. He got greed, foolishness, starving. And then the last part of this story reveals that the son was just alone. So, but no one gave him anything. He was isolated on his own, no community. The list looked like this, you know, to be dead and lost was to be greedy, foolish, starving, and alone. And for so many people, the reason why we started our church is to help people take a step over the faith line to experience that life doesn't have to be driven out of these four things, that there's another way with Jesus in your life, driving your life, you putting your hope, trust in him, he can move you from being greedy to a person who is generous, who sees the needs around him and just says, you know what, it's not all about me. God, you could use me to do great things in other people's lives. You know, I'm not going to live foolishly. I'm going to live wisely. I'm going to do my best to honor God and honor other people. I'm not going to be starving. I'm going to be full up with purpose, with joy, you know, with, with the good things in life. And I'm not going to do life alone any longer. I'm going to do life together with friends. I'm, I'm just telling you. This boy's story, he found himself in one camp, knew there was something else, and he decides to go home. And it's our hope every weekend at City Point that people would say, you know what, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere. It's why we say it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you, our doors are wide open. We're welcome to make sure that you can come. So what this boy does in the story, you can read it for your own, uh, on your own time. He goes and he, he, he comes up with a speech and he's, he's, he's kind of rehearsing this all the way home. He's, he's going to tell his dad, you know, I don't deserve to be loved by you anymore. I've basically asked you to die. He says, I don't deserve to be welcomed back into the family. You know, maybe, maybe at the least, you know, maybe my dad will hire me on as a servant. And as he's coming up with this elaborate speech of what he's going to do, I believe in his heart there was a moment where he finds himself confessing, I've blown it on my own and I need help. I can't do it on my own. I need God to step in in a big way into my own story. So much so as he you know, goes over the hill and is about to go home, his father sees him. And what he anticipates is his, ang he anticipates his dad being angry and going to run out and shame him, but he only experiences the opposite. And again, you can read it right in the story that the dad runs out to his son. He actually gives him a big smooch. He wraps him up, and he says, welcome home. Actually, right in the verse, it says it this way. He says, we must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. 
the party began. Every week. That's what we got to do. We got to help start the party. And gang, I'm telling you, there has been so many stories of life change just like the story in the Bible right here. I'm going to read you a couple as we wrap up today. I had made a post online on the, on the City Point Facebook page just saying, hey, is anybody willing to share their story of life change? And we had dozens come in. It was so fun. I'll read you stories all month long. But one of the stories came in from a woman named Tara. Tara wrote this, Jesus has changed my life completely. Jesus breathed life into a broken and shattered person. Jesus gave me hope and strength when I had none. Jesus helped guide my life and the people that I allowed in my life. Jesus gave me a second chance to love and to have a family. Jesus has healed my brokenness and has given me joy even in the hard times. Jesus has given me peace and decision-making. Jesus has loved me, forgiven me, and moved me in me so that I can truly be a light in this broken world. I also asked her to share, you know, what have you loved about attending our church? She just simply said, I love that we're a part of such a wonderful community of people pursuing God that are growing spiritually and reaching others for Jesus too. I love seeing people grow and have breakthroughs and giving all the glory to God. I love being able to worship and praise and learn to grow weekly. I love that my kids have a place as well. I love that I can be a part of a life group where we do life with people that I enjoy being with. Tara's life has changed because of Jesus. We got to throw a party about that. Jeff wrote this about Jesus changing his life. He said, before I had Jesus in my life, I was selfish. I was manipulating. I was self-centered. I didn't know how to let anyone get close to my life. I didn't know how to do anything for anyone without, or he says, I wouldn't do anything with any, for anyone without expecting something in return. Since I said yes to putting my trust in Jesus, he's helped me change that. Once I figured out that, that what he did for me was so huge, how much he loved me, it became easier for me to obey the one commandment to love others the way that I've been loved. He says, I now see people in a whole new light, people that he loves, he made, not as the way I used to see them, as less than me. When you see people like Jesus sees them, it's a whole lot easier to treat them the way that Jesus would want to treat them. One last story, Alyssa said this. Alyssa said, Jesus was there for me when I hit rock bottom. I had a rough patch when I was younger. Suffered greatly from depression. I found myself on a very destructive path of drinking, not caring about the people I hurt. It wound me up actually in a hospital trying to kill myself. Even though I attended church growing up, I had stopped and didn't really attend church for a very long time. We finally started attending church again when some friends of ours invited us to come with them. I'm so grateful. I now know that I'm saved and know that Jesus is with me even though I fell away from him years ago. I'm truly blessed that he never left my side that he saved me from myself, and that he's poured out blessings to me every day, even though I don't deserve them. She just wrote this. I go to City Point because we're a no-matter church. I love it. What God's choosing to do in and through us, gang, is incredible. We think it's worth partying. So that's what we want to do. We're going to pray, and then what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song, and, and then we're going to invite you out to an after party where we're going to eat cake and we're going to celebrate life change in each other. You're going to share stories and it's going to be so, so good for us all. But I'm going to ask you to pray with me and then the band will take it away. God, thanks so much for today. Thanks so much for a chance to celebrate, to, to usher in a party people series. I feel like it's long overdue. 
God, if I can, I just want to apologize for that. Should have done better at celebrating all along, but God, what I am asking over the month of June is that he would help start something in this church that would, that would go beyond us, that would continue on and move us forward. While you're praying, I want to ask you, today maybe you've heard a lot of stories of life change. Maybe you're here and you need it for you. Maybe you're here and you need a comeback story or a but God story in your own life. If that's true, I'm telling you, you're one prayer away. That son in the story was one, one turn away, one prayer away from God saying, welcome home, it's time to party. So for any of you in the room, I'm not gonna make you stand up, raise your hand or anything like that. If that's you, today you need a comeback story. You need a but God moment. I'm going to ask you to just pray this. You can pray this out loud to yourself. It doesn't really matter. But you can say, God, today, that's me. Today, I need my life to be changed by you. I'm ready to receive the party of a life changed for myself. God, I don't understand it all. But I'm choosing to take a step forward today. I pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, everybody, will you stand up on your feet and let's welcome out the band together. Let's do this.